I'm ready. All right. Welcome to the Birds and Bees podcast. Oh. <laughs> I'm your host, Sue Johnson. I'm white. I am privileged. Uh, and this place is for what I'm doing today. I'm having a rough day. <laughs> this, this is for people who are not part of the bullshit heteronormative binary. And I have a very special guest, Jason, Jacob Bundy. Hey. Musician, um, entrepreneur. Uh, which Wiccan? What do you prefer? I don't remember anymore. Um, spiritual. Yeah, pretty much spiritual. Because <laughs> okay. um, I've kind of moved past ceremonial magician, Wiccan, mm. witchcraft, that kind of thing. I'm kind of more of like along the lines of like an um, A O A O S. Yeah, Austin Osmond Spare. His, his kind of methodology of doing things, which I um, got into um, because of a band called Coil <laughs> from many, many moons ago. I remember so. Coil. <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah. But but do you know, but th- they had different phases. It's like, I don't know if you knew that, but they had different phases mm-hmm. of their music and they branched it off and it was really, really cool. Um, they started off with, you know, um to quote i think it was john balance everybody done up in leather and Mm. everything is like industrial that kind of thing like scatology horse rotivator um and then they kind of started softening their approach a little bit like around love secret domain and then after that that's when they got more interesting for me Mm -hmm. so and that's that's kind of when i happened upon them was like their later phases like music to play in the dark and their um autumnal and um their autumnal equinox ep i think that was like the first thing um that really spoke to me and then it was like their spring equinox and those series of eps that were just like so super cool but anyways i digress i just (laughs) (laughs) you got someone very chatty we haven't seen each other in so long like physically, I can't remember. Yeah, oh, my. it was well. Just for to clue the audience in, I've known you since I was fourteen, and you were sixteen. Yes, <laughs> I know, and we have been friends ever since. I mean, we lost communication. Yeah. I think when I moved to Florida for a little bit, and then mm. thanks to the magic of Facebook, <laughs> the uh, you are cracking me up right now. You are just cracking so, me up. I know you're going through it. I'm sorry, but you're just cracking. No, no, me no. Up. You, you know what's funny is uh, one of the midwives <laughs> I work with. She's like, you know, it, that's actually not hormonal. She goes, it's your neurons. They're they're miss they're firing a lot. So I don't have my fan here. I got my fan at work. So <laughs> hosing myself well, off every round of that. Well, well, that makes a lot of sense because you've always been, ever since <laughs> I've known you, always just very anxious and you know overthinking overanalyzing just like yeah, uh, it, yeah. but like so super thoughtful and caring and just <laughs> awesome that's why you've been my friend for so long oh my yeah. gosh you know I, I, you know even though we've known each other and when then we kind of I don't know it, we always seem to pick up where we left off so I don't really think that those lost you really lost it's just sil- radio I'm, silence for a little bit <laughs> yeah I was telling tell my boyfriend the other day I said Sue and I are like fabulous. I'm like, 
she'll mm-hmm. like text me just something random out of the blue. We haven't, sp- we haven't texted in like a month or two. And then it's like a conversation. We're just like picking up right where we left off, like no lost time, <laughs> which is, which is awesome. And it's like, <laughs> I love that. So, uh, <laughs> so just to give a little context too, um, big family, upstate New Yorker. And then one day the, you had an epiphany and, and you needed to, to move to the south. <laughs> um, that's, a, I think, a cute <laughs> oversimplification of that. It was. <laughs> well, it, uh, well, there was a lot of stuff that had happened that was, that's personal that. Uh, yeah, as you it can was, tell, I did not prepare for this interview. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I didn't it's think right. we needed to just because I've known you since forever. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. We'll, we'll like totally, you know, stick to the topics that you mentioned and then it's just like, <laughs> we'll go from there. But yeah, yeah. it's um, Schenectady is was such a shithole at the time, and this was in um, '97 because that was the last time yep. I saw you was May of '97, and it was like we the, went to see ne- Romy and Michelle. <laughs> yes, we did. Oh my God, girl. I and I fucking love that movie still to yeah. this day. Such a oh good that movie good is satire. so freaking fabulous. It is just like yeah. um. I don't know let's fold scarves you know it's like that just sticks with me it's like it was so cute and um that mono yeah. was the best diet ever <laughs> yeah they, weren't they on the treadmill at one point you know doing yes. all the walking and they're like i burned yes. off an apple and I, was like, oh, I know how that feels yes i know how that feels it's like god damn it an apple really god i thought i did so much more you know i was on there for 45 minutes going at like four miles an hour you know so but whatever (laughs) but yeah it's like that was the last time we saw each other was Mm. um the night before i left and it was kind of shitty the way i left but um i needed to get out of there and get something more positive going for myself but and um, you did it just yeah. yeah it was it's been a hard road it's been mm-hmm. a hard road here um when I moved to Florida um it, it it's easy living here but mm. at the same time very difficult very difficult so yeah people here are weird as fuck oh god <laughs> I don't get it <laughs> but whatever yep no it was funny too because uh, I had Reiki over the weekends and I had remembered, oh. yeah, you had pops into awesome. my head. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I, I, one of this, one of the houses on the street where you grew up had um, was for sale and I couldn't remember if it was your address. And you were just like, whoever moves in there really needs to like burn, like the entire top needs to be just saged for like 30 years. Because yes. of all the, because of all the <laughs> all all of the crazy all the crazy stuff I did, and it's just yeah. like, um, yeah, because I had a temple set up in the room upstairs. Mm. Um, yeah, that was on um, Sumner Avenue, I believe. Yeah, that was the house that uh, that we last saw each other at. Yeah, and yeah, that's where. God, all the magic happened, child. Like all the magic. Okay. Did you lose your virginity in that room? Um, no, that was in Albany, New oh. York, and it was um, <laughs> the first string of oh, many, many losers. I mean, he was. It's mm. like I had, like I'm older, and um, yeah, like it was when I, 
<laughs> well, he this... didn't even really have a dad bod. It was like he was like 42 or something like that. And at the time I was 23. <laughs> That's double your age. That's a whole generation, dude. <laughs> oh, I know. It, he was he was quite the addict, let me tell you something. And, mm. But he drove around in a in a cute little MG and everything, but it was like, I think it might be giving too much away, but um, <laughs> at the time he was a crazy addict, broke my heart and I was just like, but yeah, it was to him, I lost my virginity too. Mm. And I was just like, oh, but yeah, he was a hot mess. And um, yeah, one of my um, friends up there, Rachel helped me pick up the pieces at that point, because mm. that was 95, summer of 95. Yeah, I think it was the summer of 95. Just a it was just young, bad, but... young, fresh gentleman coming up in the scene. and Oh, my God, girl. I was yeah. Just, um, because Rachel, the friend that, you know, picked up the, helped me pick up the pieces, she and I came out, came out to each other in 95. Mm-hmm. And she was the first person I ever came out to. And so... She's like, oh, there's these clubs in Albany. Let's go hang out. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And she, she's like, let's go to Obar. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I could see her reaction. So we went to Obar and it reminded me of the inside of a bathroom because of the tiled floors yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was fun down there on Lark Street, you know, and then we, then we went over to Power Company and we were total that newbies. It doesn't so- exist anymore. No, that place was so much fun. That place was so much fun. Oh my god! I didn't god. get to I go knew. there when I turned twenty-one. Unfortunately, yeah. What? Oh my god! It was <laughs> a lot of fun, and we hung out at the back bar the first night we were there. Hung out at the back bar, corner table, just like watching everybody. And then there were a gaggle of gays that came upon us, and they were like, "Oh, you're all new. Let's buy you round of drinks." Yes, and so, <laughs> yes. It, it's like. You could always tell who the new people are in the bar and it's like, and it's sweet. And so you always make people feel comfortable. And that's what um, I ended up doing when I went out clubbing with friends and would just be like, oh my God, come join us, come hang out, chit chat, you know, whatever. And so then that would just like launch them off into their own experiences. So, <laughs> so that was fun. <laughs> yeah. And then Waterworks was a whole other, whole other world. But girl, let me tell you something. Moving to Florida mm-hmm. makes waterworks look like Disney World. Okay, some of the places <laughs> I've been through here. <laughs> Which it, it's so funny to me because I remember we had, had a conversation. I was like, "Is there a lot of old people where you live?" And you're just like, "Get that thought out of your head." Mm-hmm. It is really a melting pot where I am. You, you see everything. All. So, I'm just trying to imagine like the the the, the scene down where you are. So if it's a little, it's just because I can. I, I know Marilyn Manson had come out of there and back when he was, you know, actually doing something interesting. That kind of spooky yeah. kid phase. He was I more on. Like, he was more on the East Coast. Oh, okay. You're. See, this is. Yeah, I'm on the West Coast of Florida. Yes. Yeah, this was. He's this is the, the Jenna Torture side. Yes, yes, Jenny Torture. Jenna Torture. Yeah, oh my God. I'm from funny. the Jenna Torture side. Yeah. Okay, now that makes much more sense. It, yep. And for anybody listening, please, please do yourself a favor and listen to them. That was the first all first all ages show I saw the QE2. And it's like, oh my God, that guy's getting his balls pierced and somebody's grabbing my ass. That was the best <laughs> night ever because I think they had just turned 18. 
<laughs> oh, fantastic. What a great experience. And um, the QE2 closed and it was something else for a little while, but now Tragedy bought it. He's the guy that had the tattooing and piercing shop on Central Avenue. Oh, yes. Yeah. He, How is that? Had, I, he just bought it. His son had oh, passed okay. away from a drug overdose. And now I think he's kind of oh, reinvested man. his passion. Into, yeah. Um, he, uh, it was opioids, which is really oh, sad. Shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's, that, that is some rough stuff. You know, mm. it's just like all of that. It's, I'm glad I stopped when I did back in 2003, mm. 2004, mm. I think it was somewhere in there was the last time I got high. And it was just like, yeah. And it's, I don't know, I just got bored with it because I'm just fickle. And I got bored of it at the right Pisces. time. <laughs> yeah, we just swim and move along. And it's just like, and if you can swim with us, cool. And if you can't, then yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I get I get bored really easily. And so that it, to me, it was just boring. It was just like a no, a no win situation. And I was just like, ah, you know, doesn't appeal to me <laughs> anymore. <laughs> DMT does appeal to me though. That really does appeal to me because it's all natural. What is and, it? And um, it's referred to the spirit molecule. It is uh, I'm learning something now. Very, it's a very powerful hallucinogenic. Um, yes, and it's made from two or three plants that are found in South America. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is intense. Yep. This is ayahuasca yeah. level. Yes, yeah. It's like uh, it's like uh, from what I understand, it's like similar to peyote or something like that, but maybe mm. more so. I don't. I'm not really sure about that. Um, cause I've never done either one and, <clears throat> but there's been studies that clinical studies that have shown mm -hmm. that DMT helps people with Alzheimer's and depression oh. and that kind of thing. It makes you see some crazy shit too. So I'm all for it. I've told both, um, my mom and my boyfriend that, you know, it's like, if ever I get Alzheimer's, that's it. Just feed me, um, DMT. Don't, nothing else. <laughs> I'm good. Knowing who you are as a person, you're somebody who researches, you take your time with decisions. And 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 if I know wow. you that that's what yeah. you set your mind to do, then I know it's safe. Don't worry about yep. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like, I've been wanting the same tattoo for about um, 20 years. No, longer than that. About mm. when did I when did I ingrain myself in the occult? I think it was ninety five. It was the same year that I yeah. came out that I've really yeah. entrenched myself in it. So it's been like longer than that. So it's I won't get into it. It's just it's been a long time. <laughs> so yeah, so like twenty six years, and it's like I've been wanting the same tattoo. Still don't have it yet. And. Um, I found no. I found the I found the right tattoo place to do it in, but it's just like one of those things. It's like okay, yeah, if I'm going to mark up my body, this is what I want. I only want one, and that's it. So yeah, I, I, I <laughs> not, you don't want to be like the typical Floridian who gets the bull bullseye above your backbone, like the tramp stamp area. Oh, <laughs> I've hit many bullseyes. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I was going to say, you have something to aim for. <laughs> yeah. Aim high, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs>
I've oh missed you so, so much. Oh, <laughs> me too. Me too. Seeing you and talking to you like this, it's like, yeah, because this is our first, like, in person, like, seeing each other for the first time and also talking for the very first time, yeah. like, since May of 97. Yeah, this is we awesome for me. Before I, we talked before I had surgery, before I had gallbladder surgery, because I was nervous. Was that a phone call, though? Yeah, you did. You oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, because right. you had yeah, the, right. I was, yeah, it's always scary to have surgery, but I'm fine. And that oh, was gosh, 2008. Yeah. I can't drink alcohol anymore, but that's one thing yeah. that you, you find out about after having your gallbladder removed. It's like anything that <laughs> fried chocolate or alcohol or coffee. So most of those things I don't imbibe anyway, but God damn it, I, I don't care. I'll have my chocolate till I die. <laughs> I can process it now. <laughs> oh, I Any forced of those things, myself. Forget it. Oh, God, that's, that is hard living right there. That is hard living. <laughs> so, no so knowing, oh. yeah, um, I, you, I don't know. I, it's, it was the point where it's like, <clears throat> when I hit my forties, and I don't know if this is the same for you, but I'm like, I just don't want to drink anymore and end up with my head on the bathroom floor or find out that somehow I'm nude except I still have shoes on that that may or may not have happened to me <laughs> but um but yeah I think I, it, I think it's a little <laughs> bit different I haven't outgrown that yet <laughs> so I'm still like yeah let's get like really like really screwed up you know and um, so it's like yeah because my um my boyfriend and I stumbled upon this one drink, vodka and grapefruit. Oh, yeah. No, it's a great then, Yeah. But then we put peach snaps on top of it. Then we put bar syrup in it and a squeeze of lime. And it's just ooh, heaven on earth. And it, and it really should be. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And it's like it tastes the best with like rain vodka or Tito's. If you use Belvedere, mm. it becomes uh, it's like a little bit more bitter, not as smooth. So. Yeah, I, I think Belvedere is a bit of a smoky kind of undertone to it. Yeah. Me, me. Oh, yeah. Because we do have schnapps for um, making redheaded sluts. <laughs> redheaded sluts. Oh. And again, that may or may not be named after me. No, I wish I, was. Oh. I, wish I had been much sluttier when I was younger. But anyway, uh, my brain's not high already for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you seem like a, you know, it's just like, you're too caring for that. You're, you're way too compassionate and caring. And mm -hmm. it's just like, even with the work that you do, it's in, in the field that you're in, it's just like, you care about other people way too much. And also you care about yourself and you have always had a lot of self-respect. And it's just like, not that, that, not that sluts don't have self-respect because, hey, no. I don't know. But, you know, they might, but it's just like, hey, if you're enjoying sex, you're enjoying sex, but it doesn't make you a slut. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, well, girl, if what, you're going to be a slut, make money at it. <laughs> well, I, I, sex work is legitimate work. I am. Well, I will say that till my last dying breath. I've gotten a lot yeah. crankier about feminism and and kind of not. I, I mean, I have to come from a place of not judging people and who they're fucking and where they're fucking and how many times they fuck. So, <laughs> they so love me. Am I? <laughs> you know, I don't. Um, how did you? Like, when we. When you moved down there, I remember we had had like a couple of emails, like you were still trying to find your footing when you moved to Florida as far as finding your 
your tribe. Somebody bitched at me that I shouldn't use that that expression, finding your tribe. But oh my god, I, I, oh my I, god. I, 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 enough of this woke shit, okay? Yeah. Because you're barking up the wrong tree. Because it's just like I I've lived through so much bullshit in my life, and it's just like mm. enough of the enough of the woke shit. Just live your life, and it's just like someone crosses you, cut their face with a box cutter. Simple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Words to live by. Um, yeah. But yeah, you, <laughs> you're, I'm going to say that then because it's not going to bother you. But you, you're, you're yeah. a tribe of where you fit in. It was That was a process just because I know it's Florida can be tough because it's a, 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 um, a physical city, like tight butt, um, hairless chest. It's, but I, I mean, again, more. I mean, that's that might be an oversimplification, but it, it, it's, you got to find your, your tribe. <laughs> um, but so in the, I'm babbling at this point. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're fine. Um, I, I did try to find like, like-minded people, you know, mm. like people that were into occult practices that I liked, or, you know, it's just like not necessarily in the gay scene, a tribe of people. Mm. It's like, Oh, I hang, only hang out with bears. I only hang out with twinks or I only hang out with that. And it's like, no, because it's, that to me was like I'll hang out with everybody in the in the community you like do. that. It's like I won't like separate like that. It's like and um, but like group minded like minded people like with music and the occult that kind of thing. I I tried to find. I did have it for a while, but um, when my dad passed, I went through mm. some really bad depression and yeah, I was flakier than usual it's like became really introverted I mean I wouldn't show up to things I was scheduled for and yeah mm. just really bad to get a I got a bad rap and that's on me you know and mm. it's like I made my amends and apologies to, to people and then they welcomed me back and it's like yeah I was part of the experimental music scene here around um, in St. Pete and everything which is St. Petersburg is wonderful but the one drawback with St. Petersburg it's like everyone loves to throw an event in St. Pete and the events there are fun and awesome. Work in a park. And it's like, oh my God, who knows? <laughs> like, you know, it's like you're circling like shark circles food for a parking spot. And it's just like, okay, you know, where's the parking garage? Oh, it's like, you know, 10 blocks away. And it's like, well, okay, fine. So yeah. good so, thing I, I wear mean, sneakers. <laughs> yeah, but man. The events in St. Peter are awesome. And it's like in the artist community, it's like tremendous. Yeah. I I remember when I first moved here and it was just like, it was just bad. And then it's been, Mm. then it got, it got better and then it got gentrified. And then now it's like really super expensive down there to live and everything. But, um, but it's, it's such a cool place. It's such a really, really cool place. And I love going down there and I'm going to be going down there and the, another weekend or two yay yeah go see a baseball game so cool yeah oh my god please baseball players oh like the best their their builds are yeah bats bats just real strong back i like a strong back to look at (laughs) oh okay um (laughs) i i like the i like the arms the thighs the butt so it's like it's like yeah because they're just they're not overly thick 
guys, but it's like sometimes you'll find a few baseball players that are like, wow, he's really thick. And it's like catchers <laughs> tend to be like that. Because they have to um, squat. That I've seen. Yep. They're doing a lot of squats and their butts are fine. You know, <laughs> they got the best butts on the teams. But yeah. So. <laughs> I I love your music. I've always loved your music. Oh, uh, thank you. And, and are you on Bandcamp? I'll put all of yes. your contact in, or not contact, excuse me. I'll put all of your, where to find your music in the show notes. But I, it's like, um, it's like a journey and it's sort of a mishmash to me of a little bit of porcupine tree and a little bit of maybe ministry and a little bit of maybe like, I don't even know what, maybe not Sigur Ross, but definitely it's just like, I don't know. It, you have to listen. It's an experience. It's like a soundscape experience. That's how I hear your music. And it always, yeah. it always it's, makes me smile and just, because it's a little piece of you. Like we get a little piece of your soul. <laughs> it's very meditative. Not temporarily. Very, I'm not going to, I'll give you back your soul. I promise. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> don't snap a <laughs> photograph of me, please. You know, um, <laughs> um, but no, it's very meditative. And um I started doing that kind of music like way back in, <clears throat> I think it was 1989 when I picked up the bass. And for Christmas mm -hmm. that same year, I asked for a delay pedal. <clears throat> and then I started doing like weird, like long soundscape-ish things with the bass and a delay pedal only. And <clears throat> I really didn't think much of it. You know, my friend um, Martin at the time really dug it oh, and he Martin. was like oh I know right <laughs> such a cool guy um he really liked it and he's like that's really cool and all that other stuff and I think he mentioned like some artists that I was similar to but I was like I don't know oh um Robert Fripp like when yes. he would do the sound solo soundscape stuff and everything like that and I was like I don't know who that is because at that point I was like give me like you know hair metal slayer yeah. You know, give me like the light metal stuff the, and the most extreme metal stuff. And I was just like, you know, cool. I'm happy in my metal world. But um, he really helped me branch out musically and, and under and listening to other musics and that kind of stuff. And then it wasn't until way later um, when I moved to Florida that I got my first synthesizer in 2003. And... <clears throat> This was after listening to when I got in, I, in Coil. It all comes back to Coil. <laughs> it really does. Um, those two, John Balance and Peter Christofferson, um, were musically amazing to me. And, I, and also how they lived, because they were both um, partners, both boyfriends and everything like that because oh, I didn't know that mm -hmm. yep it happened when um John Balance would go see Peter play in Throbbing Gristle and he kept that. being a pest he kept <laughs> being a pest to Peter and all that other stuff and John had his own band going on called Coil and so Peter left Throbbing Gristle joined up with Coil and those I think they those two became lovers I think before Peter joined Coil or something like that, but it was, they were so outside of 
uh, I'm going to stereotype here, a typical gay, you know, mm. that are into fashion, into Madonna, into, you know, the prom- promiscuity and the drugs. Well, those two were into promiscuity and drugs and all that other stuff. Well, on their own but, terms, it wasn't like the fashionable it, stuff. It was like, it, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, they, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they flirted with, you know, pop culture as well. I mean, you know, they did remixes for Nine Inch Nails and yeah. that kind of stuff. And, but the music that they liked and that they would listen to was, you know, Lamont Young, uh, Stockhausen, John Cage. And then I started- Oh, John Cage. Right? Oh, oh. talk about another, another point of inspiration. It's just like, and from them, I learned about other artists. Um. And from those artists, I learned about others. So they were very important to me. But um, I, I'm like going off on a tangent here. Um, I'm not. Not at all. Um, a little bit. And one of the things, <laughs> and, and you know how now the trend is like, oh, and ever since Hidden Figures, it's like, you know, women, you know, were such p- played pivotal roles in culture and advancing civilization and all that other stuff and that they were overlooked until hidden figures and i was like oh women did stuff and black women did stuff it's like no shit you know and it's like oh my god you know and um and the grm plate grm place over in france or whatever uh they were all noted for back in the 50s sampling and all they Mm. invented sampling and all that other stuff um, Pierre Schaefer headed that organization up. Well, one of his students was, I hope I'm saying her name right, Ilian Radicue. And she created drone music. That is, oh. to me, absolutely perfect. And this was in the like, 50s? Um, no, she started doing it, I think, with synthesizers, I think, in the late 60s and 70s. But she worked with feedback loops. She was like a oh. like an assistant to them. Yeah. She's, I mean, I really gravitate towards her work. I mean, I'm it's, gonna look that up because I love shit like that. <laughs> yeah, check out Trilogy de l'Amour and okay. or Ad or Adnos. Um, but she worked with an ARP twenty five hundred, which is like this huge, like modular synthesizer. It was really cool. Yes. And um, so anyway, so but how I got to Ilian was through Coil and their influences and those influences and those people that they worked with and all that other stuff. Um, Coyle did an album called Time Machines back in 98. And I didn't get into it until like around 2001 or something like that or 2000, yeah, about 2001. I picked it up and I was just like, oh, okay, you know, what is this? And I was just like, okay, this is the best music. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. It's like, you know, it's like a drone of like, 20 minutes long or 10 minutes long or however yeah. long because you can make you can make a one minute drone sound like it goes on for two or three hours yeah. you know it's like because that's how you feel it's very temporal so I got into that and then that branched off into like Lamont Young because they referenced him so I checked out his work like the well-tuned piano and then um, John Cage um, Terry Riley is oh Terry Riley is another I, I love Terry Riley. Um, a Rainbow and Curved Air is like just these, it's just a stunning piece of music. Um, I'm writing that down. Okay. 
excellent. You won't be disappointed if you like really, it's like, it's the minimalism group. It's like, you know, where mm-hmm. you had, um, where you had Reich, where you had Glass, you had Lamont Young, who was the godfather of all of them and Terry Riley. Um, okay. okay. You had the this, big four yeah. in minimalism. Um, then there was another one outside of that, but coming up at the same time was um, Phil Niblock. And I've heard the name. I think Philip Glass references him every once in a while. I mean, <laughs> his, there's one piece of Phil's that is awesome. It's um, called Early Winter. And mm. yeah, it's it's just these awesome pieces of music that I got into. And so then in 2003, you know, I bought a synthesizer and tried to, you know, when you're first starting out, you know, I don't know how the thing worked. It was a Korg MS-2000, um, which oh. I still have. Yep. And it was kind of based on, it's analog modeled hardware synthesizer. So it's di- all digital, which is fine. And then it was, something happened, I think, like a month or two after it, I was invited to play um, like a, a festival down here in St. Petersburg, a festival in St. Petersburg at um, a coffee shop called The Globe. And I didn't know what I was doing. So I was just like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. You know, half hour <laughs> set at, at like 12, 12.30 in the morning. Absolutely, let's do this. <laughs> and at that point I was working on a piece called The Singing Forest and some other noise pieces because I was also inspired by Merzbau and mm. um, that crowd. So, um, so the piece, The Singing Forest evolved and evolved and it's also on Bandcamp. It's, um, I watched a documentary called Paragraph 175. And in that documentary, it's all based on uh, gay men and their experiences in concentration camps in Germany. Yes, 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 yes. I have that on my queue. It never seems to be like the right time to watch it. You know what I mean? I think you kind of have to yeah. be in that mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a very heavy movie. And I, I was watching it and um, playing around with the keyboard around the same time. And then this um, survivor was talking about his experiences where he was in where, where they were being kept and he would hear his friends being dragged out into the forest that was near the camp and he can hear their screaming in the forest and he said it sounded like a singing forest. So uh, I was like, cool, let's, like, let's start a piece on that. And I've always imagined it in three parts and the first part is written and and it's been performed live at a unit at the Unitarian Church in Clearwater. It's been performed live at, um, oh my gosh, I almost like misspoke and called it the Palace Theater, but no, that's not. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> oh my God! All right, we're going to need to give you some DMT immediately. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at the State Theater in St. Petersburg. I'm like, oh my God. So. Um, so it's been performed a, a lot and, you know, I've, I've played it in like various ways, you know, I've done like an, 
it turned out to be timed out to be like around a 15 minute piece, but I played it have versions that I played it where it's like an hour long and it's like really just all encompassing. And then there's like some other pieces or parts where it's just two notes. It's like a Lamont Young composition. It's just like two mm. notes held down for a very long time. I think it's composition number seven. And it's like the instruction to the performer is, you know, hold B and F sharp for a long time. So, you know, it's that kind of thing. It's like, so I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to hold that because I'm in a different tuning scale and it's going to sound bizarre. I mean, like, like horribly bizarre. So I was like, okay, let me hold down a different set of notes. And I was just like, okay, this is really good too. So that might be like the second piece, but yeah, it's, it's evolving, you know, and it's, my music is slow to release because it's, it just takes time. Yeah. It just takes time. So. Um I had, I, and I don't know why, but I kind of got on a Philip Glass kick in the springtime. So oh, I'm I, sorry. <laughs> I, I've been obsessively listening to Einstein on the Beach for a while now. Like I listen to it before I go to sleep. It's just something comforting about hearing people just repeat one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight over and over again. <laughs> That's but, like um, counting sheep. Like counting yeah, sheep, basically. but at like different intervals. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, he got really getting out of shape because I had forgotten Philip Glass is in his 80s now. Um, he got really bent out of shape when someone said that uh, you started, you were part of the minimalist movement, and he's like, Yes, he was. Never call my music that again. And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> What a bitch! <laughs> he's such a bitch. No one likes him, he's such a bitch. <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of got the feeling that he doesn't have too many friends. Uh, <laughs> but well, he's he's always been like that, from my understanding. I mean, you know, it's like I think he ripped he ripped off Terry Riley and is all like, you know, I don't know. It, it's like kind of like he does a Mariah Carey with these guys, like Riley oh, I don't know Young him. and right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know him. I don't know her. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that a chewing gum? I don't know. You know, it's he's he's such a bitch. Oh, and his I, I music is kind of. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's weirdly hypnotic. Like I can't get out of this bubble. <laughs> but but <laughs> um, there are a few pieces I do enjoy, um, hmm. like music in two parts. Um, no, <laughs> music in twelve parts. I can only get through <laughs> the first two parts because the first part is just the first part is the main part and then the rest of the 12 parts is mm. just built off of the one so right. it's oh my god that that thing will drive you crazy um and also <laughs> the music in the soundtracks that he did for koyana katsi and yes candy man and candy yeah. oh and also han zimmer ripped Candyman. off han zimmer by the way ripped off koyana katsi for interstellar yes i don't know if you yes. were aware of that i well he ripped him off yeah i Hollywood. did um, I, I highly recommend going to see the spiritual se- um, sequel to Candyman. Um, it was beautiful and tortured. The and recent one? I loved that. Yeah, I loved it. It looked um, so good. Well, I saw the initial trailer and I was like, oh God, why, please? I think I even made a Facebook post like being like, ugh. But I've seen more trailers for it and I'm like, I'm intrigued. No, it was and, good. Um, it Also, it seems like because I saw the original in the theater. <laughs> and I and if you, I'm jealous. <laughs> if you didn't experience Tony Todd's voice when he starts in with like, Helen, and it's like, 
those speakers just vibrated the entire place. Yes, exactly. Gave you chills. And it's like, oh my God. And then when I saw the trailer, I had my headphones in and I was like, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, ah, they brought back his voice to be like, you know, powerful because mm -hmm. all the, the things on like, you know, HBO or whatever, don't do it justice. They didn't do his voice correctly. And it was where it was like so deep and sub subharmonic. And I was like, oh, yeah. this is great. Yeah. And oh my God. It's like I, butter. I, I, <laughs> oh my God. And it's like, be my victim. I'm like, yes, yes, please, <laughs> let me, please. I want that to come, come closer. Oh my God. What the hottest thing and going. That, oh. I didn't realize that. And now I'm blanking on the author's name, the horror author who also did Phantasm. He wrote his uh, Candy Man was based off his, his short story. I don't know why. Clyde Barker. Thank you. Yes. Sure. I didn't realize Clyde is also, he's, uh, yes, the Forbidden. I did not realize he was also part of the LGBTQ community. You didn't? No. Oh my God. I'm <laughs> dumb. I, no, I'm not dumb. <laughs> it, it no, took you're me not. a long time. No, it took me a long time to kind of get into horror movies and um, being able to kind of separate my brain from reality and fiction. So <laughs> now I'm a an addict. So. <laughs> oh, excellent. Well, you know, for me, everything goes back to Coil and those guys worked on the Hellraiser soundtrack, the Coil guys, because they knew Clive Barker. Oh, okay. Because there was, there was two soundtracks going on and it's like... Um, there was the Christopher Young soundtrack, which is very good. It's excellent. Mm. Um, but also Coiled was commissioned to do some pieces of music for the film until the bigwigs at the studio started throwing money at the project and yeah. they didn't like the Coil guys, what they were doing and all that other stuff. But yeah, a lot of the um, ideas for Hellraiser from Clive, because if you read um, The Hellbound Heart, it, Pinhead wasn't really a thing in yeah. the novella. Yeah, but it's Clive was over at the Coil Boys' house, and they were flipping through the magazines with all these piercings and all these like genital torture things going on, you know, and all that other PVC. stuff. So I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure there, he, Clive got a lot of ideas on how to flesh out that character, that Pinhead character, and also he's iconic Pinhead. So whatever. Oh my god! But yeah, the first original movie that was the only one I will watch. <laughs> And oh. it's brilliant and disgusting. I, I, I <laughs> did you see the second one? Did you see uh -uh. the second one, the, the unrated one? No, well, I'm going to have to put that on my to see to my watch list. <laughs> yeah, that the unrated one, I think it was like an NC 17 or something like that. And they had to cut the scene to make it R or whatever. Yeah, it's 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 brutal. It is a brutal movie, it, but very good. And after that, it's not good. <laughs> after the second yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah, it goes downhill quickly after that. Um, I know somebody that decided to watch all of them in one weekend, and by like number six, they were just like, "I'm ready just to pluck my eyes out of my head." <laughs> In, in not a good way, in the bad. <laughs> so, yeah. Sometimes it's okay to quit. Yeah. Quitting is underrated. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Sometimes quitting is underrated. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do that last year when I was going through um, my Gary Newman phase. <gasps> I was like halfway, like I kind of got towards the end. I'm like, I can't do it anymore, Gary. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
I'll, I'll, I'll revisit you in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, it's like, I love his like early, his like way early music, you know, until like mm-hmm. about 81 or 82. And then yeah. I like, I like his 2000, his work in the 2000s. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He is, he is a monster. And I just, I just eat, you know, he's got something new coming out. I'm like, okay, I'm listening. I'm listening. It's like, I, I love him. He is. I'm going to have to, yeah. He's so cool. He is. May I ask you, and I know you want to think this is personal. It is a personal question, but you won't care. Do you have a fuck list of songs? A what? A fuck list of songs, like a list of songs you like listen to while you're doing sex stuff. (laughs) No, actually, I don't. I always had like some. No, I don't have those. It's like, but I would tell you, but okay, I can imagine such a list. (laughs) A fuck list. Let me see. (laughs) <laughs> I think it would consist of nothing but Aerosmith and ACDC songs because and maybe Rolling Stones thrown in there because they got the backbeat like that you wouldn't yeah. believe and it's just like it would just get you working so it's like I think back in the saddle again would be the number one okay. on there yep and then for those about to rock would probably be number 10 <laughs> oh yeah you want to end on a big that's like a finale like Fire, yeah. The cannons, yes, exactly. Yeah, kaboom. Going yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, and I also had my going out song that I would like get ready to. Oh, no, yeah, no, I mean, wind up music, that is just as important. Oh, yeah. Too. Oh, my God. It's like, I would listen to, um, off the, off Prince's Batman soundtrack, I would listen <laughs> to Lemon Crush. Yes. And it's like, I love that song. Um, I had the CD of Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. Um, the only, <laughs> I know, okay. I'm not I saying a word. Say with a um, I can't I'm even not do it with a straight you. face. <laughs> so, but the soundtrack was great. The movie was, hmm. Hmm. Uh, but there's a salt and pepper song on there called Body Beautiful or The Body Beautiful or something like that. Oh my God. That's all, I was just like, okay, yes. You know, it's like getting you into the groove of it and feeling it. And, you know, and then I would put on more print songs and, you know, it's just like, because he was always just so funky and made you feel good. He was oh, just yeah, one absolutely. of those artists, you know, it's whenever I'm in a bad mood. And I told my boyfriend this the other day, I said, whenever I'm in a bad mood, these are the artists you need to put on for me. Missy Elliott, <laughs> Moby, Prince. And I said, I think there's a couple of others. But I was just like, then I'll be fine. Just like throw the headphones on me and just like start playing on it. It's just like, or just put it on like the speaker or something like that. And I'll <laughs> instant good mood, instant good mood. Um, not necessarily about Prince's like work in the 2000s because I think mm. it's shit. Oh, it's just shit. It's, it's not really listenable, but his overall body of work. is incredible, oh. you know? Yep, it's like it just does. It, it, when I say shit, I mean it just didn't appeal to me. Um, like the Raven to the Joy, fantastic. It was like, mm-hmm. eh, really? Um, anything after the Gold Experience, it's like fodder to me. I'm like, well, no. It's when he became a when he became a Jehovah's Witness. I mean, it's like, oh, it's it went from dude was like didn't need Viagra to like dude, you now need Viagra because it's like <laughs> your music has just like lost all the sex appeal. But there's yeah. been like things here and there, like cold sweat. That thing was 
that thing was funky as hell. That thing was <laughs> funky as hell. I'm like, all right, he still got it. But then I was like, mm, no, not really. Like musicology, that was a good song. You know? so, yeah. yeah, it was. It was a good song. I, I still love um, Computer Blue. I think that is my favorite of all time. Oh, that is a great thing. Did you get a chance to listen to um, the super deluxe version of Purple Rain at all? Because there's like a hallway conversation thing. I think it's Computer Blue that it is, or it could be the beautiful ones. I don't know. Um, both of them. But, I love both of those songs. <laughs> yeah. But there's an extended cut of that on because um, well, all the extras and everything. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. The other Prince songs, now that I'm thinking of it, the one thing that would always just get me, and I love the song, is Feel You Up. Mm-hmm. the song feel you up and it's like yeah. from the the b-sides version it hits the b-sides version because there's a different version on the recent release released stuff from the vault but the one line in there is you know i don't want a relationship i just want to feel you up and i was like amen yeah. <laughs> amen. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes <laughs> The first person I ever slept with had a very curated mixtape for when they brought ladies back to their apartment. Oh, do tell. Oh, um, do tell. Was it Slayer was, and Meshuga? No, know? no. Um, I, it was uh, Concrete Blonde and Morphine. So I, re- <laughs> I really associate Morphine with... Um, <laughs> with sex now which is necessarily a bad thing um i was lucky enough to see them live um tragically mark sandman died on stage in rome just before oh like in the middle of their concert um but oh, i yeah shit. i will always love yeah i will always love morphine <laughs> they're great <laughs> you say that out loud i love morphine <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then of course there's Peter Steele. Speaking of music, to talk to it's like Peter Steele with his like Playgirl centerfold. Oh God, that's okay. Uh, that I, is no joke. That is too much. Piece, that's oh. too much cock for me. I'm sorry. That's just way too much dick. That was a lot. I was not. I I would. I have suspected it because I was with someone that tall and that kind of build. Um. <laughs> he'll remain nameless um okay <laughs> but it it was shocking i was like wow i was like okay you know it's like we could we could have fun with that for hours like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put a christmas tree skirt around it a little thing you know do like all kinds of crazy shit to it <laughs> he wasn't he's definitely not a person that was meant to live on this earth for very long but he gave us True. a lot of great music and his penis Forever will be, you will haunted. always be able to see his penis everywhere. Just Google it's it. Haunting. <laughs> it's haunting. It was haunting. That, it's kind of like when you look at a, the Mona Lisa and the eyes kind of follow you everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yep, his one eye Willie was following me everywhere. I would walk around the whole room. I was like, damn. <laughs> My, uh, the husbands and I were actually watching. Um, Peter Steele and it was kind of like they did like a, a quick like like little cut 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 so it was like the beginning of his career and then towards the end and I was like you can kind of tell when he was really 
drunk because oh. and it was it wasn't necessarily the sloppy playing because he was never like a really great bass player. He was fine. Um, it was his words and his music and his singing that were yeah. really, really special. Um, but then it's like, oh, I, I can see you're, you're kind of like, you're looking a little bloated and you look like you've been <laughs> up for three days because you probably have. <laughs> right. <laughs> Drink some water and get some sleep. <laughs> yeah. But um, we got, I luckily got to see him before. Again, he, he passed away. Like we saw him in November the year before he passed away and he was amazing. Oh, wow. he, yeah. Um, did not throw anything into the audience, respectively at different times in our lives. So this is how I know it's supposed to be with the Husbeast. I got toilet paper thrown at my head by Peter Steele <laughs> when he saw Typo in 1993. And then he had seen Carnivore, I want to say oh, in wow. 2006, 2005. And he got a tampon thrown in his head that had been tipped in cooling. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> that's my Peter Steele. This is just totally, you're meant to be <laughs> Oh my God. Tip on the toilet paper. This is how we met. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That is absolutely hilarious. And it, it, obviously it's a true story, but I wouldn't admit something so stupid like that if it wasn't true. <laughs> well, my first concert, I got hit hit with a Bible by because Striper was my first heavy metal heavy metal concert. Yeah. You got hit in the head with a Bible? Yeah, at the Striper concert. And I ended up, I had it for a long time. Yeah, it's, it was just, a, yeah, because at one point in the show, they did like a, everyone kind of just chilled out. And then they came out with like stacks of Bible. It was just the New Testament. And they started throwing mm -hmm. it out to the crowd. And that was Striper's deal in the 80s, child. That was Striper's deal. But, Musically, they were great. Very underrated. The drummer's not underrated. He just sucks. I mean, they're, they're better <laughs> off with a drum machine. But like the songs were really good. The songs were really good, you know. Um, then when they went anti-Christian, they just kind of sucked. But then they went Christian again and they got better. Their, their recent stuff is really good, actually. So even though I'm not, you know, even though I am born again Christian, <laughs> I'm not like one of the you know, it's like, let me talk to you about our Lord and Savior. <laughs> I am not that. Have you heard the good news? <laughs> <laughs> no, slam the door. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm good. I'm good with news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we have come to the end of our time together. Well, in this time and space, obviously. Okay. I'm not, oh, yes, I'm not dying. Okay, good. <laughs> So, I wh where uh, would you like to have your music found, and then I'll, I'll put you in the show. Um, Bandcamp. Okay. Yep. Bandcamp. It's under Jason Bundy at Band. Yeah, Yeah. Um. After this, I'll I'll text you the link if you want, because okay. because that, that'll that. be probably a little easier. So, actually, okay. I could probably just do it now. Hold on. Okay. Good. And um. While you're doing that, if feedback makes this show better, so you can always email me your thoughts, feelings, suggestions at birds and bees podcast at gmail. Sorry, birds and bees pod at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow me on Instagram at birds and bees pod. Um, and I thank you so much, my lovely dear friends. 
you've been amazing and wonderful and you knew it was going to be amazing and wonderful and I hope you had a good time I certainly did it's always a good time with you so <laughs> always a good time Aww. you always cheer me up and you always make me laugh and Same. I appreciate that all right like I said <laughs> our friendship means everything to me and I mean it me too I love you and yeah. I miss you <laughs> I love you so I miss you right. it's good to see you all right have a good night we'll Thanks, talk you soon too. <laughs> absolutely bye, bye. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.